Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. Come of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com, and it is officially free agency, y'all. It is 5 p.m. here in the beautiful city of Houston, Texas, and we are already kicking this off with a bang. Lonzo Ball agrees to a four-year 85 million dollar contract with the Chicago Bulls on an offer sheet he is a restricted free agent so the Pelicans will have the opportunity to max they're all coming in right here uh, Will Barton two years 32 million with the Nuggets so we'll also talk about what's going on in the NBA we'll talk about what's going on with the Rockets and I can't do this all by myself so I've got my co-pilot Mr. Michael Brown Mike Lonzo Ball's gone Will Barton's gone we're only a minute into the show what's going on man Lonzo is four years 85 million to Chicago but I believe he is a restricted free agent so the Pelicans will have a chance to match 485 is about I guess 22 and a half a year that's like my quick math um, that's probably not right, but another one. No, that's 22. No, 20. Yeah, it's 20.2. Yeah, somewhere around there. You're, you're the one with the math in our, in, in our, in our pairing, but, uh, another deal, uh, we've got two more deals up here. Tim Hardaway is staying with the Dallas Mavericks and Mike Conley is staying with the Utah Jazz. 472 with the Mavs right there, and uh, Mike Conley is already, I, I cannot believe, I should have remembered how hectic free agency really is, but Mike Conley is going back to the Jazz, three years, 68 million, Boban Marjanovic is back with the Mavericks, I'm just reading these as it goes, I'm waiting for the words Houston Rockets though, to pop up, so Mike, Houston Rockets, what are you looking forward to in this free agency? What do the Rockets need? Who is on the top of your wish list? Man, that's the million dollar, I guess maybe the $80 million question. Um, I had Tim Hardaway on my list because I would have loved for him to have become a Rocket. I thought he would have been a really nice fit for what the Rockets need on the offensive end of the court. Um, so that name's gone. Um, I mean, to, to start at the top of the list, I mean, can John Collins be had from Atlanta? That's a guy that you and I have been in love with for a while, and he's a guy that I would throw an offer sheet at. I would break the bank for John Collins if I was the Houston Rockets uh, because he just makes you that much better. I mean, I, I think he instantly takes you from a borderline bubble team to a playoff team. Um, I don't think Atlanta is going to lose John Collins, but that wouldn't stop me from making him an offer sheet. Um, and the second guy that's at the top of my list is Jared Allen from from Cleveland. Jared Allen is not going to return to the Cleveland Cavaliers after them drafting Evan Mobley. Uh, so those are the two guys that I look to, even though the Rockets drafted Sangoon and Gar- uh, Garuba in the second 
or excuse me, in the draft, those are the guys that would be at the top of my wish list uh, to start the conversation off. I have multiple other guys that I'd like to get to, but those are the top two. Well, we, we talked about that. We've obviously, we've, we've hyped up John Collins, you know, over the course of the season, but that was before the, the unexpected playoff run that the Hawks had. And they really are kind of in a position where they kind of have to re-sign John Collins. You know, we saw this from a mile away about how valuable John Collins was, and he's going to get a bag in free agency probably from another team, and whether the Hawks choose to match or not is is different. Oh, what? Oh, what? breaking news. The Rockets have gotten Daniel Thies. Daniel Tice? Tice, yes. Who, who says that? Uh, going off of good friend of the show, uh, Nima just reported that. <laughs> Two minutes into free agency, the Rockets get these. So the Rockets. So okay, I have I have the tweet here from uh, from Kelly, and I'm gonna put it in the chat here on Spotify Green Room. We are live here on Spotify Green Room talking about it. So yes, so Kelly Eco from the Athletic just tweeted out about five minutes ago that the Rockets are working to complete a multi-year deal with Daniel Tice. So Daniel Tice is someone that's been rumored. For the Rockets for a while now and I mean when I say a while I mean a few days but a few days in the last couple weeks for uh, the NBA has been like years so yeah Daniel Tice is a rock is looking like he's going to be a rocket which definitely helps the whole size aspect of the team really excited about that signing I don't know about you Mike but I like I like the idea of adding uh, another center, small ball center can play the four, can play the five. I think he fits real nice with Christian Wood, and I am looking forward to seeing Daniel Tyson a Rockets uniform next season. Yeah, he's the perfect uh, addition to this team for what we need. Uh, to me, it was either Daniel or Nerlens Noel. Uh, both of those guys have different types of upside, in my opinion. Uh, I think Daniel is a guy that can come into this system and impact what you need right away. Uh, and you need help on the boards. Last year, he averaged 9.6 points per game, five and a half rebounds per game. Uh, I really like the idea of him and Garuba coming off of the bench at least the start of the year. Um, I'm intrigued to see what the salary is. Uh, but as long as it's not crazy, I like this deal a lot for the Rockets. I'm curious to see what that I'm curious to see what the terms are to this trade. It's a multi-year deal uh and I guess that automatically rules out the idea of Kelly Olynyk returning. So for the Olynyk stands in Red Nation, uh this is probably the final nail in the coffin. I think the drafting of Shangun, the drafting of Garuba, uh the writing was on the wall, but if you bring in Daniel Tice as well, that's the writings on the wall. It's it's not going to happen, guys. I'm sorry to the Kelly stands. It was fun while it lasted, and honestly, you know, let's just smile the fact smile at the fact that it happened and not be sad that it's over. What do you think? I mean, what are your thoughts on adding uh, Daniel compared to? Uh, to bringing back Olenek at a much higher number. Like, I love this move if they can also supplement it with um, some help on the wing I think we could use. Like, I like this move if this isn't the only move coming, I guess is the best way to put it. But what do you think about comparing the two? Look, I don't think the Rockets really need to, like, break the bank in this free agency. I really don't. I think it's – I think they really need to – 
like set their focus on guys that are going to be good veterans that aren't necessarily unplayable, but also that aren't necessarily going to get in the way of, um, you know, playing, you know, with guys that are, you know, that's not going to get in the way of the rookies. Right. And also adding Tice, a guy that uh, came in through Europe is also going to be incredibly important. He's a nice uh, mentor, I think, for our incoming European players with Garuba and Shangun. He's 6'8", so he can play the four. He's played mostly the five in his career. He's played with the Celtics the last four years. He started for the Celtics, I believe, during their uh, during their conference finals run in the bubble. And so he has playoff experience, which I do think helps. Um, not necessarily saying that the Rockets are going to be in the playoffs this upcoming season, but I do think having a guy that's played in high-profile situations definitely is a positive and I really can't you know Daniel Tice is exactly the kind of player the Rockets need right now he helps with the rebounding he helps off the court as well he's not your best player but he doesn't have to be the best players on the team should be the ones that are going to be there when the team is good again Jay Sean Tate KJ Martin obviously all the rookies those are who they need to play and Daniel Tice is not going to oh you have to play Daniel Tice like John Wall is like with John Wall, you have to play John Wall. Otherwise you're getting zero out of him and you only hurt his, you only hurt his trade value at the end of the day. Yeah. I also think it's, this is a great depth signing. I think for the Rockets is all this is. I think Daniel Tice could start. I don't even think it's necessarily a depth signing. I think there's a chance that Daniel Tice starts a game one of the next season. Yeah. You got to argue, not you have to argue, you could argue the Rockets haven't done much wrong since the draft. And what I mean by that is some of, a lot of the moves that they've made, I, they killed it in the draft. I love this signing. They haven't done anything wrong, in my opinion, since Stone took in charge. Yeah. Come on, let's not ruin... Let's not ruin a beautiful, wonderful atmosphere right now with that type. Of- All right. Well, let's let's just let's um, let's go back to the top. So a couple of free agent signings that have come in uh, in the last couple of minutes. Jamichael Green is returning to Denver with the two year, 17 million dollar deal. Alec Burks is staying with the Knicks three years, 30 million dollars. Um, and it looks like the Bulls are going to get Lonzo Ball in a sign in trade. The sign-in-trade will send Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball. So Lonzo is going to Chicago. That is totally confirmed. And also, our guy, Nerlens Noel, Mike, he's staying in New York. Three years, $32 million. So that might be a similar kind of, you know, because we've, com- we've compared Tice to Nerlens Noel. And we've kind of said, okay, that's kind of... So if that's the price range, three years, 32, that's a little under 11 a year. Is that ideal for a Daniel Tice? I would think he goes for a little bit cheaper, honestly. Yeah, that's a, that's an overpay by by New York, don't you think? That's a lot of money for Nerlens. Yeah, and Mike, another one of your guys, Jared Allen, five years, $100 million staying in Cleveland. Wow. Five, 100. How does that, how does that make any sense? It's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. No, but that's like... I mean, do you think Jared Allen is worth $100 million? He's worth 20 a year? Yeah, I do. But why would you do that if you drafted Mobley? 
that, that doesn't make. I think they were kind of forced to take Mobley. That's the thing. Well, yeah. I mean, they, I think they could, they were backed into a corner to take Mobley. But if you were going to re-sign Jared Allen the entire time, then take Suggs or take. But Jalen Suggs didn't fit that team. They needed a big. Well, well, the thing is this. With this move, the Cavs have proven that they feel that Mobley and Allen can coexist. That's an awful, that's an awful signing by Cleveland. Good for Jared Allen getting the bag, though. But that's an absolutely disastrous proposition. Yeah. If you're, if you're Cleveland, that's awful. So we got our man Ace from the H up here, and he's going to come up on stage and uh, drop his takes. So Ace, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What's up, Ace? Yeah, I see. I was talking about the uh, the uh, Jared Allen thing. Now, I wouldn't say he was worth exactly a hundred million. That that's a little bit of a stretch. Now, I'll probably say eighty, maybe eighty-five. But I could see that. You know, he's a free restricted free agent, and it is Cleveland. You see what I'm saying? It's not like it's a team that sucks, but they're in like a market that's kind of decent. I'm not trying to, like, you know, trash Cleveland, but, you know, what did y'all can't know say? That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but, yeah, and I, I do like this because uh, I, get, I guess they are saying they can go together, and I think it can't work because, bro, I've been trying to tell people Mobley is not a center. That's why I just didn't understand, you know, this, this you know, to, this urge strength. He's not even a center. He's probably more of a four. And and that's I think Cleveland's uh, idea is that they are also they they view Mobley as a four and they see Allen as the five okay. and and I, that that's the only thing that I can possibly think of is that and if you believe his 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 uh, three point shot is there because that's what it really contingents off of because you don't want to have both of them dudes in there you you planning on doing a four out one in type thing right where it's like uh, Jared Allen the only dude in there. But you also, but you also saw what happened in LA when LA tried to go with McGee or Drummond and Davis. Okay. All right, y'all, y'all. I hate to, I hate to, I hate to break this up, but we do have. I, I hate to break this up, y'all. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna jump in. Kelly Olynyk is going to the Detroit Pistons, three years, thirty-seven million dollars. That's great. So the question now is. I mean, can you get an asset out of uh, Kelly Olenek? I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just going to be Olenek just signs there. But because also $12 million a year, I mean, that's not – I mean, that's about right, I would say. Would y'all, would y'all agree with that? What did we think? Yeah. We were saying something like 450 or like – That's about right. Yeah, that's right on. No, I, I think I think that's right where he's at. I, I don't I don't really I don't really value people. I don't really value Kelly as much as a lot of other not even just Rockets fans, but fans do. I think it's interesting how he opted to go for another rebuild. Um, so it's interesting yeah. that he chose not to sign with the contender. He went to Detroit. So my thinking is, did the Rockets really offer him? better than that like do you think that he got a better offer from the rockets or do you think the rockets just said you know what like our time here was good let's leave it at that and let's go our separate ways 
I think they said it's time to go on because, like, and I'm glad they're doing that because that now gives me security that either uh, Gordon or Wall is going to get traded or maybe both of them somehow end up not on this team by the middle of the season, which is what I'm hoping. I, right? also, I also have breaking news for both of you. It looks like Kyle Lowry is going to Miami. Yeah, Kyle Lowry yeah, yeah, to the Heat. The yeah. yeah. All right, Ace, uh, we've got other speaker requests, so any last words that you got for us before I send you back down? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, really quickly, man, what do y'all think? Uh, do y'all think that before I just talk about the – before I ask the question about the overall record, what do y'all think uh, every rookie going to do in their first year? Because I know not everybody's going to be the greatest their first year, but, you know. Look, I think I'll say this. Um, Jalen is going to be uh, top three votes in rookie of the year. He should be. Um, then I think Shangun and Garuba, I hate to say it. It kind of feels like that situation could be a bit of a like Donatus Modiunas, Terrence Jones situation. And I hope it's not that way because those two guys came in basically at the same time and they were always competing for minutes. And I hope that isn't the case. But also, they're two very different players. Like, Shangun is definitely more of a offensive caliber player. And then, obviously, Garuba is there for defense. And I think it's going to just come... Like, they're going to have to compete for minutes all year long. And I really do think one's going to get, unfortunately, shafted. And if I had to guess which one was going to get more minutes, I'd probably have to go with Garuba. Only because I think that he... Uh, like, I feel like Shangun... And Wood is not as good of a pairing as Garuba and Wood. And I think that Silas prefers defense. So I do think Garuba will be more likely to get NBA minutes. And the thing is, like with Garuba, he's not there offensively in the NBA, but he can defend in the NBA, you know, yesterday. Like he is he is perfectly on par defensively in the NBA. And that's going to be really important for a young team. And, and honestly, like if you put Garuba out there with four guys that can shoot the three and, and you know, consistently shoot very well, you put up KPJ, you put up, you know, KPJ, you get uh, Jalen, you put in like Armani Brooks or someone that can shoot the three really well. And then Christian Wood, those are four, you know, plus offensive guys. And then that kind of, that necessarily, um, what does it do? It, it kind of, takes Garuba and it doesn't expose his weaknesses on offense because you have several players that can uh, do that and, you know, kind of pick up the slack, if you will. And Garuba can pick up the, the defensive slack of, you know, guys like, you know, Christian Wood, who might not necessarily be as good defensively. So that that's kind of my thought on the rookies. We'll definitely be talking a lot more rookies uh, throughout the next couple of weeks with Summer League coming up at the end of the week. Uh, but right now we're going to talk free agency. I appreciate Ace coming up. And now we've got Alex Brown. I think this is your boy, Mike, right? So bring him up. Brown. What's up? Um, okay, so two things. Um, number one, what do y'all think? I think Will, Will Barton just signed with the Denver Nuggets on a. Yeah, Will deal. Barton is a two-year yeah. two-year contract with the Nuggets. Um, what about Justice Winslow? He's his option didn't get picked up. What about possibly picking him up? Maybe moving Daniel House for like a second-round pick, and then what do y'all think the Rockets starting lineup will look like next year, both first and second team? Oh man, uh, Jeremy, you want me to take that one? Go, you're you're up first. You're up first. Um, I like Justice Winslow as a project. I think 
he's from the area. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Justice Winslow is from Houston. Yeah, he's a Houston kid. Um, and potentially, I think he, he could be a, a nice piece off the bench for this team. Um, what do I think of the starting five? Ultimately, I think John Wall still gets moved before game one uh, to the Clippers. Um, I think your starting five night one will be Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, Daniel Feast, and Christian Wood. And I think your backcourt is DJ Augustine, Josh Christopher, Sangoon, Garuba, and who am I forgetting? Am I forgetting anybody? I still think they end up with another big at the end of the day. Um, probably a power forward. I, I would love to take a look at a guy like Zach Collins. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, Jeremy, but I like Zach Collins from Portland a lot. Uh, but that's my take on what I think the starting lineup looks like and what the rotation will look like. Uh, ultimately, Eric Gordon, if he's still on the roster, is probably in the, that second group as well, but I think he'll be traded as well. I think Gordon and Wall are gone by night one. Well, here's the thing about Zach Collins. First of all, Zach Collins, it, uh, he broke his foot again it, it, over the summer. So he will not play in the NBA next season. Like he could get signed and maybe the Rockets yeah. decide, you know, hey, let's get this guy on a two-year deal uh, and, right. and like, you know, not guarantee it or something or something along. Like that's the kind of deal Zach Collins is going to have to go for in this in this free agency because that's how that's just he's in a really unfortunate position in his career. And Justice Winslow is also kind of privy to that. You know, he's been injured probably you know, very consistently over the past several years. And that's why he didn't work out in Miami. And it's why he didn't work out in Memphis. And that's why they dropped his, um, that's why they dropped him um, before, you know, they didn't give him a new contract, obviously. So the thing with Winslow is obviously there's talent there. He's a top 10 pick. So was Zach Collins. Both of these guys top 10 picks from their respective drafts. But the thing with them is they just can't stay healthy. And, you know, those are those are guys that make sense in a reclamation, you know, reclamation projects that make sense for the Rockets. But at the same time, the best ability is availability. And that is, you know, that's still important, even for a even for a team that's bound for the lottery again. Like you, you do need you do need guys that are going to be available for you so that you can. Because the thing is, I don't think the Rockets are trying to, you know, stock up on a bunch of reclamation projects and go for, uh, you know, another lottery pick. I think that they're trying to make the playoffs. And, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to make the playoffs, but it, you might as well try. And I think I think this this lineup has enough talent to where you at least try, see what happens when you get into the season and then go from there. You know, obviously, like, the Rockets tried everything they could to contend as long as they could. And then once the, but once the wheels fell off, they, they, you know, they made their bed and they laid in it. So, my opinion about this is, with John Wall, you're going to have to attach a positive asset to John Wall's contract. And, to me, it's not worth giving up an asset attached to John Wall at this, at this point. Now, so what are you going to do? You just want to buy him out? No, you can't buy him out. Tillman Fertitta would never agree to buy out with John Wall, at least not right now. Um, but also, John Wall is the kind of guy that you have to play. Like, you can't just sit John Wall. That's just not, like, what you do. And the 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 thing is, it's going to be harder to trade him. The more time you waste, the more the, the worse his value gets, in my opinion. 
you have to play him a little bit in order to possibly, you know, get some kind of reclamation for him to be able to trade him next year. And the thing is, next year, you're still going to have to attach probably a positive asset, but you hope that at least some of the assets you drafted this year are going to be good enough to where you feel like you can um, you, you can surrender an asset. So I believe that John Wall is going to be the starting point guard at the beginning of next season, should he stay healthy, along with Kevin Porter Jr. at the two, Jalen at the three, and then I personally think it's going to be Jay Shantate at the four, and uh, you know Christian Wood at the five. The one person that I might swap out is uh, Jay Sean Tate for Daniel Tice, and I think that there's a chance there because uh, Daniel Tice just adds a little bit more size, and obviously, I guess it depends on who you play night one, but I could see a scenario where they decide to move Jay Sean Tate to the bench, and they they look at him as a guy that can add a little bit more stability to the bench that's likely going to feature a lot of rookies. But also at the same time, that's the benefit of having Daniel Tice there is he is a veteran and he is, you know, uh, like I think he thinks the game in a very Europe Eurocentric way. And that's the same with Shangun. It's the same with Garuba. And I could see a scenario also where, you know, maybe you play all those guys in the second unit. And the good thing about this team and the good thing about Tice, Garuba, all of those guys, Jay Sean Tate, is they play positionless basketball. So you don't necessarily have to say, oh, yeah, you can only play point guard. You can only play shooting guard. Like, you can put these guys and just say, you know, go have fun and go, you know, go get some points. I also do think, though, that it's going to be very difficult to put Tice in and Garuba out there and Shengun because all three of those guys are, in my eyes, um, you know, not good three-point shooters. So it's going to be difficult to play more than one of those guys at a time. So I do, I do tread with caution a little bit there, but I do think the next move the Rockets have to make is to acquire uh, some three-point shooting. They need to get a real good, like, remember last year, they were the worst three-point shooting team in the league for most of the season. They need to get a three-point shooter. That's their next step. And that's, I guess, the one thing that Daniel Tice doesn't bring that Kelly Olenek does is that outside shot. So I'm hoping that the Rockets can finally get some three-point shooting in there, whether it be Armani Brooks, whether they decide to, you know, sign an offer sheet or whatever with him, or maybe go get a guy in free agency that, you know, a couple of these guys have already gone, um, but get a guy that's like a low-risk, high-reward, like a Sterling Brown. That's the kind of archetype that they need for who they bring in next. Not necessarily saying it should be Sterling Brown, but they need a guy like Sterling Brown in order to help fortify the three-point arsenal that the team severely lacks. If you had to choose between Sterling Brown or Nawaba to bring back, who would you bring Nawaba. back? Nawaba. Really? Yes. Okay. I like him more uh, defensively, and I do think that he... I, I think the way that he attacks the game is important for young players, especially also because he has, you know... Both him and Sterling Brown have dealt with a lot of adversity in their careers, um, but I do think that Daniel... I, I think David Nawaba... Like, had he been healthy, I think he would have been dealt at the trade deadline. I do think a, a contender would have bought him up. And I do think that he has more potential for that to happen this year. That's another thing, too, when you think about these free agents is, you know, you sh- you got to sign, like, a low-risk guy, play him the first half of the year so that you can build up his trade value to gain more assets um, when you go into the trade deadline. 
Another guy that they could have gotten campaign three years, 19 million. He's staying in Phoenix. So that that's the kind of guy I think that you need to go out and, and get is like a, a guard that can shoot the three, maybe run a little bit of point. Although they have so many point guards to begin with, it's, it's kind of unnecessary, but they need a shooter. They just need a cold, uh, cold blooded shooter. Any, any guy, Alex, maybe is there a guy that you might think about when you think of who they could go out, who they could go out and get? As far as shooting, I don't have anybody on the top of my mind. Who's on the top of your mind? And just any guy, any guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the Justice Winslow, Winslow train right now because uh, I'm not a big Daniel House fan. So I'll give you a name. I'll give you a name, Jeremy. Go. Your boy, Doug McDermott from Indiana. Doug McBuckets. Doug, Doug, I'm overrated. McDermott is out there if you want to go. That's the thing, though, is he's his contract is going to be his contract is going to warrant more than who he actually is, in my opinion. He's going to be he's going to be an overpay. Who, who, no matter who gets him. Okay. I don't think that should be the Rockets because the thing is, Doug McDermott is the kind of guy that will need to be played, and because he's going to make so much money. And you have to play him, and he's going to take away some playing time from guys that really should be playing. That's the tough thing here, man, is like, we talk about these free agents that we want to go after, and the looming thundercloud over this roster is Eric Gordon and John Wall. Because everybody is so excited about the youth of this team. And that we just want to open it up and let them run, and let them, you know, run and gun, basically, for lack of a better term, right? And it's like, if you trade John Wall, you're going to have to take back pieces. Now, the question is, what do you do with those pieces? And how do you construct this roster? And I think that they're in a really not uncomfortable spot, but I, it wouldn't shock me if they don't do anything else outside of Tyson. Like, because they have to look at this and they say, okay, if we trade John Wall, I think he's going to the Clippers. I think it's inevitable he will become a Los Angeles Clipper. And you're going to have to take back probably Morris, probably Beverly, uh, and you want to talk about shooting, I would take back Luke Kennard. No, no, there. absolutely not. Get him away from my team. Why? He's, a, he's exactly what At $16 million a year? Absolutely not. Well, you're going to have to take back some... I'd rather have John Wall. I'd rather have John Wall at that point. Oh, no doubt. What about Gary Trent Jr.? He's staying in Toronto. I would love to have him, but he's staying in Toronto. But wait a minute. Hold on. You, why would you rather have... Yes, does his contract suck? Absolutely. But you're going to have to take back salary in this deal. Luke Kennard actually makes a ton of sense for this roster. But the thing is, Mike, is... Coming off the bench, and it frees up playing time for KPJ and for... uh, Not frees up time, but it allows KPJ to become the point guard of this team. You described the starting five for this team. That's criminal for this team. I think the thing is... Jalen Green is not a three. Jalen Green is your two. Like, no, yeah, Jalen Green should be a two, and 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 KPJ a one. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you have to decide for yourself. You know, does oppor- like should opportunity knock, and do you take it? And it just depends on what the Clippers are offering at this point. I just the, the thing about Luke Kennard is he has a four year contract, sixty four million. So you're gonna have to pay him. 16 million dollars he's gonna become a headache like that like John Wall's contract is a headache but at least the headache ends in 2023 with Luke Kennard the headache ends in 2025 and although it might not be a migraine like John Wall's contract it's a it's a bad one but it's a quick one 
versus um you have Luke Kennard who's a medium one but it's a longer headache so it's like what would you rather have would you rather have a like rip the band-aid off real quick or do you want prolonged pain personally to me I like it when you rip the band-aid off and John Wall's a better player than Luke Kennard he's a better player but you're talking about more than double his salary my thing is I think more sense for your roster based on what we're talking about you said you want a shooter there's not a ton of shooters that are gettable at this point. Trading John Wall to the Clippers for that package with Beverly, uh, Kennard, and Morris, you get size with Morris. You can stretch the, the – the, there's another shooter. You're getting two shooters in that, and you're bringing back Beverly, which would allow you to move DJ Augustine at the deadline for an asset like you talked about to go to a playoff team. That's, a, that's three wins in a row right there. And you start building your core that much more. You probably move Morris again at the deadline too, but you're improving your team while also getting rid of a headache, which is John Wall, because he keeps going to Instagram talking about leaving, wanting to become a Clipper. Fine, bro, go, bye, see ya. If only it were that simple. The thing is, I think, I think it's going to be very difficult to move John Wall. Like it's like the Clippers are probably the one team where it might make sense. To go and to go and trade John Wall to, but the it takes two to tango. The Clippers are also gonna have to are also gonna have to you know jump in on this. Uh, as we see, T.J. McConnell four years, thirty five point two to the Pacers. Wait, 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 what? T.J. McConnell. He's getting paid more per year than Cameron paid. That's absurd. Yeah, That's he's good. He's, okay, T.J. McConnell is not good. He is good. He's, his stats are not uh, worthy of that, but he's more than his stats. Who would you rather have for the next three years, TJ McConnell or Cameron Payne? TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell. I would take Cameron Payne. TJ McConnell. Okay. Ah, come on. I mean, Cameron Payne had a, a good playoff run. He did, but I, I think TJ McConnell is a better player right now. Three years, $19 million for campaign. That's a steal for... That is a really good deal, I think. That's a very good team-friendly deal for the Pacers... Uh, for, excuse me, the Suns right there. Um, but I will say this, um, with, with John Wall, I think Mike, you, you present a really, you know, you present the right argument for why you should trade John Wall. Look, should the Rockets try to trade John Wall? Yes, because he does, he is a headache for this roster, but I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is if you, if you're going to get, if you're going to give a headache away, you have to take one in return and it might not necessarily be worth it for the parties to, you know, just take it on. And and in reality, the way that I see the Rockets working is this. The Rockets have two years to really get their get their team together. You know, draft your guys and and get and start developing them for 2023-2024. That is the first year, I believe, that the Rockets have a legitimate chance at not just making the playoffs, but like winning a playoff series. That will be the third year for Jalen Green. It'll be the fourth year in the in the Rockets uh, in in his Rockets career for Kevin Porter. Fifth year in the league for him. And those are the guys that you're seeing that are winning in the NBA today. You know, Jason Tatum is is a star in year in year four. Uh, you know, Luca's Luca hasn't won a playoff series yet, but 
he probably should win one here in year four. Trey Young is winning one in year two. That is, you know, ahead of schedule for him. He is probably more likely to be more successful when he gets to year four, year five. That is the timeline for this Rockets team. With John Wall, that it coincides with him leaving the Rockets. You will no longer have to pay John Wall after uh, 2023. And you don't need to give away assets for John Wall because you don't know if these if you're going to need these assets. Like, let these rookies play. See if they actually have a chance of, you know, being what you think they're going to be. And if they are, then that's great. Then you have more of a reason to trade John Wall because you don't need the assets. Uh, like, you can probably trade a 2022 first or a 2023 first rounder. So though that's what's going to take to get rid of John Wall. And the thing is, I don't think Rafael Stone is, is comfortable yet giving up those assets because he doesn't know what this draft class, his first real draft class, is going to do for him. And once he figures that out, though, hopefully we'll figure out within, you know, a season, I think it's going to make much more sense to trade John Wall a year from now when he's on an expiring, teams are going to be much more interested in, in taking him on as an expiring contract versus a two-year, almost $90 million or over $90 million. Like, 290 is a lot more scary than a 147. And yes, he's, you know, and the thing is also is you play John Wall, he plays well, and you hope he plays well at least, and that you know, gives, that lets people know, okay, so even though he's in his 30s, even though he's coming off all these injuries, he still is a guy that you could benefit from. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that, but again, I do think it's criminal to the development of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter. But we don't necessarily know that yet, though. That That's the thing, is is we don't necessarily know if that's true or not. We assume that it could be, and yes, it could it could be very de- very detrimental. But the thing is, we're only talking in hypotheticals because we're in the off season. Once we get to the actual season, once the once the season begins, once we know the minutes configure, oh, excuse me, once we know the minutes configurations of everyone and how Silas is going to work these rotations and all, we'll see if it's actually hampering the development of these guys. The one guy that I really do think it could hurt is Josh Christopher, but I do think once you send away uh, DJ Augustine at the deadline, then you'll have room for Josh Christopher. I think to take that second, um, to take that second unit backup point guard role, and hopefully he can run with it. That that's kind of my thinking with Josh Christopher is he'll start the year in the G League, he'll get reps in the G League, and like I think people don't realize how good Josh Christopher can be. And I think he's kind of like the footnote of our draft class, but I think people forget he was the 11th ranked prospect coming out of high school in his, in his yeah. draft class. The number he is like, and, and I think that Arizona state misused him. I think that he, like, I think if he played for a different school or if he went to the G league, maybe he would have had a more successful year more eyes on him from scouts and and maybe he would have been drafted higher than 24th but i think when it comes to these guys is they they do need opportunity but as you as you like it's it's funny how things work because in the in the off season it feels like oh my god how are you going to play all these guys but as the season goes on it's like remember like the rockets had like five or six games where they were like who's going to even play for this team like injuries happen you know, players, you know, go in and out of the lineup and eventually you're going to have to find, um, 
you know, and, and eventually, you know, minutes will, you know, show up for, for these rookies. And another, uh, another contract coming in, uh, five years, 90 million. Duncan Robinson is staying with the Miami Heat. Very interesting. Oh, oh good Lord. I mean, I like Duncan Robinson. That's, that's, I mean, it's better money than Luke. I don't think that's an overpay. I think it's. Look, I think I'll say this right now. It's not an overpay, but when you get to year four or year five, it might feel like one. Right, and to touch on what you were talking about before, it, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that, right? But you and I both know the three of us know. Everybody listening to the show right now that watches Rockets basketball, we all know what John Wall can't do. He can't play off at the ball. He's not a great off-ball offensive playmaker. In order for him to be somewhat uh, I mean, decent, he has to have the ball in his hands, which means you're taking the ball away from Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., which doesn't make any sense at all. And, and, it, and yeah, and it could have other ramifications, right? If you start John Wall with those other two, you know, what are you doing to the development of Kevin Martin Jr.? What are you doing? And before people come after me for saying that, it's their time on the court is what I'm worried about. Yes, Kevin Porter Jr. or Kevin Martin Jr. doesn't play the same position as John Wall. But if John Wall is on the court for thirty to thirty-five minutes a night, that's thirty to thirty-five minutes a night that are going to him instead of to Kevin Martin Jr. or going to Jay Sean Tate or going to Armani Brooks. Like that doesn't show with the philosophy of what the Rockets just did in this draft and the signing of of Tice. Like the signing of Tice shows that they want to develop this roster and what they have. And done correctly, this is a playoff team next season. That's their ceiling. If everything goes right, it's a playoff team. Are they a playoff team if they hang on to John Wall? Not a shot in hell. They're just not. And and the thing is, that's when you have to, you know, put John Wall's feet to the fire and say, hey, like, John, you know, you know the situation we're in. Like, we are a rebuilding team. Our future is with, you know, Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. And we're not going to bench you because we do think that you can provide a lot on on the court as well as off the court. Um, but he needs to understand that. And like, and if John, I'm sure John Wall has probably voiced frustrations and been like, you know, hey, trade me if you don't want to play me. Um, and if that's the case, well, the, the Rockets shouldn't just panic trade him. Like, you don't just trade him for nothing. You know, you got a lot for him. So I do think that the I do think John Wall understands the situation. He's not stupid. He understands why they are the way they are right now. So and he needs to sign up for it. Otherwise he needs to negotiate his own buyout or he needs to, you know, play well enough for a little bit so that a team can actually, you know, want to trade for him despite his contract. Yeah. And that's what he needs to do. He needs to be a soldier here, and he needs to come in and do right by the Rockets and say, look, do what's best for you guys. This is what I would like to happen. The Rockets last year now have a solid track record of doing that. You know, like the Rock- P.J. Tucker went to the Rockets and said, trade me to A, B, C, or D. So did James Harden. Like, it's not difficult to read. Uh, it's not hard to read the team leaves there. Yeah. Mike, Doug McBuckets going to San Antonio. Three years, forty-two million. Disgusting. Are you are you kidding me? They gave him forty-two million dollars. Fourteen a year. 
That's so stupid. You Trey Young just signed an extension for five years, $170 million. Torrey Craig, two years, $10 million to Indiana. That's a decent signing. Okay, I'll, I'll go on record right now. I'd rather have Torrey Craig than Doug McDermott. For, for that money, I'd say yeah. Yeah, two years, $10 million to Torrey Craig for three and 40. What is San Antonio doing? San Antonio is tanking. That's San Antonio is the one team that I feel confident that the Rockets can be better than next year. That's it. Like there, there is not another team that I can for sure currently say the Rockets will be better than them next year. I would think they're better than New Orleans. I don't think I think Zion is the best player out of the two teams, and I don't think that you can necessarily say that for sure. It'll be interesting to see what they what they do in free agency. Obviously, them losing out on Lonzo is gonna be difficult, um, and. I think personally, I think New Orleans is still a little bit better. You have to get, you guys have to realize, like the Rockets were the worst team in the NBA, and it wasn't that close. Like there was a considerable margin between them and uh, the everyone else. And speaking of former Rockets, uh, Chris Paul, he's staying in Phoenix four years, up to one hundred and twenty million dollars. He'll be forty years old when this when this deal ends. Yeah. So I mean, the thing is, like. Chris Paul declined what forty four million dollars in that last year of the deal, but he's getting paid thirty million dollars for each of the next four years. That's a, you know what I, I got to give Phoenix credit though. That's that's a good deal for Phoenix. Uh, like, I don't think so. I mean, but to get him and Cameron Payne to stay. Yeah, but it's exactly. It's exactly the same situation that the Rockets were in when Chris Paul's last contract was up. Well, they had to do it. They don't have another choice. Exactly. Because and anybody else that they sign, they automatically take a step back. Now, I'm saying good for Phoenix recognizing the rest of that roster saying, yeah, we're probably going to be paying you in the third or fourth year for time that you know, you're underperforming that contract. But they had to do this. This is the only way they were going to get him to stay. So here, to them for doing it. Here's, a, here's an interesting question. Did the is was the Chris Paul deal worth it? Which one, the Rockets? The one that he got when he was last a free agent. Was that a good deal or not? Uh, At the end of the day, the all things the considered, Rockets, the one the Rockets gave him, the one he got. It doesn't matter who. Like, was he worth the contract that he got? Well, the contract that he's currently on, yeah, he's worth it because he helped lead his team to an. Well, what about? So, so you think that the deal that he got from the Rockets was worth it? Was was worth was, the the production that he put on the court? I think it was worth it for Phoenix because they got a guy that helped lead them to an NBA Finals. Yes, but not necessarily for Houston. Okay, see, so that's fair. Well, well, not for the Rockets because the Rockets completely. Yeah, and he and he under he underplayed he he underplayed that contract so badly that he was out in a year. But they, but it was also the Rockets. It's not his fault. It's the Rockets' fault for a giving up on that core way too soon. Number one and number two, they traded him for an asset that ultimately landed them a negative yeah. asset again in John Wall. That was then, and this is now. Forgive me for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, but that, that hurt my heartstrings. Yeah, but as we as we come into the home stretch here, so what are we thinking about? What's next? What's next to come for the Rockets? Obviously, uh, you know Sterling Brown's a free agent, Armani Brooks free agent. Uh, you have David Nwaba, and the Rockets could bring back 
one or some of those guys, maybe they choose not to let any of them come back. There's a, there's a lot of uncertainty there, I think, with the Rockets. So, Mike, what are the tea leaves showing you at this point? Um, what are the tea leaves showing me? I, I think Gordon, I think, will be traded in the next seven days. Um, I don't see. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I don't have any personal information, you know, information that I'm, you know, breaking news here. I wish I did. Uh, I think he will be gone in the next seven days. Uh, is my first thought. My second thought is, uh, dude, I don't. I don't know of any other signing that's going to take place outside of what happened with with Tice. I think that you know. I, I think. think if they get a I think it's Armani Brooks to a, a multi-year deal that's team-friendly. I think outside of that, I'm, you know, they also have Kyrie Thomas, uh, who's coming back next year, too, who's also under contract. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, think that they're going to trade Eric Gordon because I do think they shopped him at the draft and they, they did not get what they were looking for. But I also think there are teams out there that weren't willing to pull the trigger on an Eric Gordon type of deal. Because they wanted to see what happened in free agency. You know, does Indiana take another look at an Eric Gordon deal now that McDermott is gone? Yeah, you replaced him with Torrey Craig. But if you're Indiana, let me ask you this, Jeremy. Would you not do a deal of Doug McDermott for Torrey Craig and Eric Gordon? Doug McDermott and Torrey Craig? No, no, no. Doug McDermott for Torrey Craig and Eric Gordon. That's not going to happen, though. Rockets would get back a player of less significance. Uh, I'm talking about just overall. Like, they lost McDermott, they signed Torrey Craig, and now they have the opportunity to get a guy like Eric Gordon. If it costs them a minimal player in a draft pick, would you not do that deal if you're Indiana, is my question. I think Indiana, the Rockets had several conversations with Indiana. It was It was constantly reported that they were talking with Indiana about 13 and some kind of combination with it. And they said no. And I think at that point, you just kind of have to move on. And, and when it comes to Eric Gordon, I think you have to play him. He'll come off the bench like he has for most of his Rockets career. And hopefully he plays well enough to where a team bites at the trade deadline. I, I just, nothing's going to change between what happened in the draft and now, in my opinion. I just, I don't see how that would change anything. So I think that the Rockets, what they need to do is the guys that they go out and get, maybe like a, you could go after a guy like maybe Nemanja Bielitsa, another another maybe European guy that helps the Rockets. Uh, Maybe you get a, maybe Garrett Temple buys out of his deal and he comes to Houston. That's that's a potential scenario. Um, I, I doubt that happens though. Maybe you maybe you take a flyer on like a Malik Monk or a Justice Winslow, like a reclamation project. I wouldn't mind that. But there's the thing is, this team is almost complete. Like they have with with Daniel Tice there. I believe they are at 14 players for the roster. So that means they have one more spot on the roster and then one more two way spot. And Armani Brooks is probably going to be that guy. I would say is the 15th guy. So obviously you're going to bring in more guys, but 
to me, like, there's not really a whole lot the Rockets need to do. Like, this this free agency is so much about other teams. And to be honest, like, this isn't really that big compared to what we've seen in the past. This is, like, compared to two years ago. And then when LeBron went to the Lakers in free agency, like, this is not that big of a free agency season, I'll say. Because there, there's just not, there's a lot of teams that want to make moves, that have talked about it, that are like, oh, maybe Damian Lillard goes, maybe Bradley Beal goes, maybe there's some combination of all those guys, but it doesn't make sense for many teams to to make a move like that right now. It's just, logistics-wise, it doesn't make sense. And John Wall is again like that. So, a year from now, it will be that time. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any combination between the Rockets and the Raptors roster where a Siakam to Houston trade makes any sense? No, I I don't like that at all. Really? I don't like Siakam right now. You don't like okay, even if it meant getting rid of Wall's contract. Why would they do that? I don't know. I mean they they ran a two point guard system when they had Lowry and Van Fleet. And now that Lowry is gone, I mean uh, I could see that. No, yeah, I could see. I could see Toronto. You'd have to incentivize it. You'd have to put something else on John Wall's contract, or add in some sort of other compensation. But I, I would one hundred percent be open to that. Are you kidding me? I would love that trade. For I mean, Rockets. yeah. Look, in the way that I see, it, I would love for you know, I would love for the Rockets to be able to just you know magically get John Wall's contract with us. But this ain't two K. This is not as easy as 2K where if you don't want, if there's a contract you don't like, there's 10 trades that you can offer and you can take any one of them. It's not like that in the real world. I'm sorry. It's just not like you, you have, if you have a bad contract more often than not, you have to suffer the consequences and the Rockets have been in this, you know, hole since they, you know, since they got Chris Paul in that bad contract, that was a bad contract at the time. That contract led to Russell Westbrook. That Russell Westbrook contract led us to John Wall. And here we are. And, like, I do think that... And most teams, at least most bad teams, have bad contracts. That's part of the reason why they're bad. Because they don't have uh, enough money to be able to pay, you know, enough good players to play for their team. So, that is a big reason why the Rockets are where they are. And, look, if... Like, of course you want to try to move John Wall's contract. They definitely tried. And they've definitely tried to move Eric Gordon's contract because both those contracts are negative contracts. And they overall, you look at the team as a whole and you would think if this guy was not here, the team could possibly be better. So, of course, they've tried to. But I think they've tried to already and they've been unsuccessful. So that's why they went into the draft. They got their guys and they are happy with who they got. And it'll they'll make it work. The, the talent will rise to the top. You got you to gotta realize that only five guys can play on the court at a time. So I think the Rockets are, I think the Rockets roster is going, the way it looks today is going to be very similar to what it looks like on, on opening night. There's just not a whole lot of flexibility with the current state of the roster. It's just not. Now, during the season, I'm sure the roster will change tenfold. I do think that Daniel House will get moved at some point during the season. I do think DJ Augustine will get moved at some point during the season. That'll free up playing time for guys like KJ, for guys like um, for guys like Jay Sean Tate, for Josh Christopher, and then that's when you get those guys playing as your core, as the way that you intend it to be for the future, and 
that is when your value increases. But I don't think that you can really play. Like, I don't, I think if John Wall and Eric Gordon could have been traded, they would have by now. That's my yeah. thinking. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. And, and to put a bow on it, man, like, I'm just so ready, and so is the rest of the fan base, that we're just ready for that next step. Yeah. Because we're so excited. We love the we love all the draft picks they had. We would love to see them just play. And that's what we're going to get in Summer League. So we'll definitely, you know, get that for Summer League. But uh, before we go, Mike, uh, it's, your, it's your time. Mike, drop. you got a minute. Talk about anything you want. Floor is yours. Oh, man. The mic drop for today centers around the idea that the Houston Rockets are going to be the worst team in the league again because I have news for all of you out there who are riding up to 2022 mock NBA drafts who have the Rockets slated in every single one of you have the Rockets with the number one pick because you think we're going to be the worst team in the league and I got news for you the Houston Rockets now have a backcourt in Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. that is ready to dominate the entire league you have young quality talent Kevin Martin Jr., uh, you've got Christian Wood, you've got Jay Sean Tate, you've got Sangoon, you've got the best defender in the draft in Garuba. Every single person who is listening to this right now, I make you a guarantee that if the NBA does the tournament, the play-in tournament next year, at minimum, the Houston Rockets will be a part of that, if not one of the top eight teams in the West. If Coach Silas does as good of a job, job is coaching the roster as he did last year individually not necessarily as a team because the wins weren't there every single night but the amount of injuries that team had to deal with that team was dealt a raw hand and i'm telling you this right now barring injuries the houston rockets will at minimum make the play-in tournament for next season if not be a top eight team in the western conference this turnaround will not take three years it will take less than one because this team is going to ball next year I wish I had your level of optimism, Mike. I usually do, but it's not not on this one. Uh, when we're when we're fifteen games under five hundred next season, I'm gonna bring this back up. But uh, for now, for now, I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and at Dreamshake SBN. You can head to our website www thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Check out all of our content throughout the month of August. We've got a lot of free agency talk. We've got a lot of summer league action. Super excited for the first summer league in two years. And actually, we get like legitimate players that are going to be playing for us next season on this team. I want to go for the summer league championship. If we go for the summer league championship, Mike, we are going to have a parade. I think we should host our own parade, championship parade, and we can just bring everyone on board and, you know, we can, you know, celebrate with, you know, a local beer company that wants to uh, sponsor us. That'd be awesome. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we can get that worked up. I know you're, you're the beer guy out of the two of us. So uh, maybe, maybe someone will uh, hit you up, but uh, again, feel free to follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-N-E-R. 
NER. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets!